here comes a, a question, the first question. Just want to thank you for all that you are doing for us and for the world. I can see myself, my friends in the world changing since I started. I've become a happier and stronger person. Uh, thank you very much for your comments. Uh, that's what the temple is doing. The temple is trying to render the, the Buddhist teaching to the whole world. Um, the Buddhist teaching is a teaching of salvation, of a liberation of selves. And that liberation starts from the practice uh, of oneself, not just in the idolizing of a god. You see, the Buddhist teaching is not in a, in a blind belief of a god, um, simply mere one-sided salvation. It's, it's a learning that that all of us should really practice, uh, that would be very helpful, not just to you, to your family, uh, to the whole society, to the whole world. That's why the, the Buddhist religion has been in this world for 2,000, approximately 2,600 years. It has, um, it has promoted the virtue of enlightenment and it has helped countless number of people billions of people in the world, and they're still doing that. And we are just a messenger. Uh, we're, just ma we're just a messenger uh, spreading that message as to how to get an enlightenment, how to make your present life, our present life happier, and how to um, elevate ourselves from suffering. This is a world of suffering, and we must know how to liberate ourselves from suffering. If you don't even know this is a world of suffering, there may be quite a bit to learn from it. If you think that this is, well, this, this is a happy world, I, I like it, it, it it's, it's very happy. Um, how can you be happy if you're always confronted with sickness, aging, death, and all kinds of disasters, all kinds of happenings in the society? It does not mean that you hate suffering. Uh, suffering happens. You, uh, in reality, you accept the suffering, but you manage to liberate yourself from the suffering. You manage to liberate yourself and others from suffering. That's the mission of the Buddhist teaching. So, um, we are glad that you started meditation and you become a happier and stronger person. Um, apart from just the spiritual concept of meditation, meditation has a lot of merits, uh, uh, maybe just scientific, scientifically proven uh, advantages in it. You increase your confidence by being a good meditator. You have more confidence in what you're doing. Uh, your wisdom level has increased because you tranquilize your mental afflictions. You become, uh, you, you, uh, you, you change from a person who is always mad, who is always angry, uh, into a person who is more compassionate, who is kind, who is benevolent. It's a, it's, it's a, a huge change in you if you adopt the, the Buddhist teaching. So, this is not a question, this is just a, just a comment. Well, this is a good comment. Um, we hope that um, you continue to tread that path of enlightenment. Um, why did you 
you, you have trodden that path of enlightenment, it's not just because of, uh, it's just, just like a, um, what you call um, a no reason occurrence. There must be a reason that you have germinated that seed of enlightenment in you, and now that seed started to sprout. Uh, hopefully that seed will sprout into a fruit, fruit that you can realize. Okay, so much for this comment. Next question. Oh, this question is, why do we have to do sutra chanting for the person who passed away? That's a good question. Why do we have to do, why do we have to chant a sutra for a person who passes away? It's just, is it just a ceremony? It's just that I come here and because my dad told me to come here, because we really have to perform something for the passed away. That's why we come here. So you don't know the reason of coming here for, to, to, to perform a function. There's a, long, there's a long explanation behind that, but just to simplify it. When a person passes away within the 49 days, according to the Buddhist teaching, he's in a bado stage. B-A-R-D-O, in a bado stage. That bado stage, 49 days, is before he go into the next stage of his life. The next reincarnation, we call it. Because physically the body is gone, no more body. Clinically pronounced, clinically dead. But then, a person, the death of a person does not mean that he never exists anymore. He suddenly disappears. It's a continuation of one body to another body. It's, it's a burning of one flame to another flame. So the death now, it means a beginning for the next life. So that means the Buddha, of course, there's a lot more to say on this. Uh, hopefully we don't have to go on to the next life. Going on to the next life means you're still involved in the ocean of life and death in the next reincarnation. The Buddha has introduced what he found to end life after this one. Go to Nirvana. No more reincarnation. We're talking about reincarnation. You really have to know the time concept of life. The continuity of life. Life is not just one life. I have this life and this life ends. That's the end of me. No, that, that's not it. The time concept is the past, the present, and the future. The past is not just yesterday, or last year, or the time when I was born. The past extends beyond this life. In other words, you have a previous life. You, then you also have a previous life. And life after life, you have been changing your form. As I always give the analogy, we're like a traveler on a journey. Every time we change form, we just like we walk into a hotel. Different hotels, we check in and we check out. You've got, you check in, you've got to check out. You can't stay. When the time comes, you've got to check out. Well, what kind of hotels? Sometimes you get into a poor hotel, a rich hotel, a healthy hotel, a five-star, a four-star, or a motel. Why do we have all these different forms? It's because of your own karma. You created your own destiny. You created your own cause. That's why you have this effect. So you, you, in other words, this, every body is different. Your body is different from my body. Your face is different from my face. Your destiny is different from my destiny. Why? 
because our karma is different. What you have done in the past and what I have done in the past is different. You could have done a lot of meritorious deeds in the past which constitute you to have a, have a healthy body, a rich body, a good family. My destiny in my past, I created a lot of bad karma. I kill, I steal, I committed sexual misconduct. I do a lot of bad deeds which constitute my bad body in this life. So you are what you did before. Not God. Nothing to do with God that created you. God wouldn't have created something that is imperfect. You are imperfect. I am imperfect. If you are the creator, you are the carpenter, are you not going to do a perfect job? How can, how can, how can there be imper imperfection? So it's not, don't blame God for imperfection and don't, don't praise God for something you're happy with. It's you. You created your own destiny. So you've been rotate, you have been going in the loop of reincarnation, life after life after life, bringing your karma from one body toward the other. And at the, at the verge of death, if you reflect, then you know the dream. You, 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 the dream is almost like you're awakened from a dream. But too bad, you're, you're also at the end of your journey. You awaken from your dream because you know that life is but a dream. But then, if you only realize that at the junction of death, it's too late because that's the end of life too. That's why the Buddha said, don't wait till on the verge of death that you understand yourself, that you find out that spiritual odyssey that you should go through to elevate yourself from suffering. Because at the verge of death, what can you bring with you? Your bank account? Your assets? Your liabilities? You can't, of course, you, you don't want to bring your liabilities. Your assets? But talking about liability, talking about liability, liability is not just monetary, you know. You owe people emotion, emotional debt. You betray your husband, or you betray your wife, or you, you did something that nobody knows about. You think you can get away with that kind of liability? Causality would get you. Cause and effect, causality would get you. You can't get away with it. Nobody can get away with anything. That's the natural law in the universe. If something comes up without a cause, it's not scientific. There must be a cause for something. You're very successful in your business. Does it come out without any reason? There must be a good cause that you have cultivated what you've got today. Within the 49 days, he's at a bado stage. At that bado stage, for people who have done um, really bad deeds when he was alive, he didn't have to go through bado stage. He would immediately go down to inferno or go to the three vicious realms. In other words, if I, in my lifetime, I perform a lot of bad deeds. I kill, I steal, I lie, I commit sexual misconduct, I hurt a lot of people, and I died. I don't have... The bottle stage is the waiting period. 
before the next reincarnation. Your karma is so bad, the energy is so bad that you immediately go reincarnate into the three vicious realms. What are these three vicious realms? Inferno, animal realm, and ghost realm. Hopefully, the person who passed away would not go into these three realms because these are extremely sad, extremely unsatisfactory realms. And there are also the three meritorious realms, good realms too. The six realms of reincarnation, six paths of reincarnations. So if a person passes away and he has done extremely good deeds, he's been compassionate, he's been helpful, he's always donating and he's always cared about others, he's a great man, he's a hero, he doesn't have to go through the battle stage. There's no waiting period for him. He immediately will reincarnate into the three meritorious realms. Being human again, born ascension beings in heavens, heaven beings. The third is Azura stage, which is in between human and heavens. But these three good realms are not the ultimate place that you should go. Even if you are in heaven, you still have to reincarnate. So the Buddha said, don't just think about doing good deeds and go to heaven. That's not the ultimate place to go because you enjoy your life at heaven because heaven is just happiness but after the happiness is up you still have to reincarnate so for average person he would have to go through the waiting period of the bado stage of 49 days so within the 49 days he's still roaming around he's still roaming around about around his body he's still roaming around in his family and his house in his his invisible he's just an energy Energy never disintegrates, you know, it changes forms. It changes form. He's no more of this body, but he's in a different kind of mode of existence, but that is still energy that is waiting in the bado stage. So there in this bado stage, what is he? He is, let's call it, quote unquote, an energy that is extremely sensitive to what the relatives are doing to what his friends are doing. How sensitive is he? If he has unfinished business that they attached to, he won't leave. He has, he's still attached to his assets. He's still attached to his wife, his family. He's so grief-stricken that he doesn't want to leave this world. He thought that there's so much love in the family, there's so many assets and so many things to enjoy. He doesn't want to leave, but Clinically, he's already dead. So what happened? What, how to resolve this contrast? How to resolve this dichotomy of, 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 of happenings in his mind? On the one hand, he doesn't want to go. On the other hand, he's gone. So he's waiting. So in this period, you have to make sure that the person who passes away, let go. Don't attach anymore to the family members. Don't attach anymore to the assets, to the, to the money, to the unfinished business. Let go of this body. You don't have that body anymore. Let go. Now, that's where the sutra chanting comes in. Because when you are chanting the sutra of devotion for the family members with devotion, the content in the chanting will be communicated to the passed away. And what is in the content of the chanting? Letting go. No more attachment. No more greediness. No more hatred. No more jealousy. No more worry. No more attachment. 
If he attaches, he can never go. Tell him to let go. What is the most important in life? When you're dead, you've got to let go of the body. You can't hang on to your body anymore. Remember the 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 the, the heart sutra says, "Gade gade pragade brazam gade bodhishwaha." Let go, let go, further let go. Emptiness, nothing else to worry about. If you chant with devotion, the person who passes away feel it because at the bhadu stage he's extremely sensitive. He can travel through wars. He can listen miles away. Um, he can even read your mind. If you, he can, he can read your mind. If in your mind you you tell him to let go, then he'll let go. He wants to make sure that everybody is not sad. So if you're crying, you attach, you're not doing the right thing. You are indirectly telling him that I still love you. I want you around. Don't go away. He can't let go of his body. That's that's the risk. Then he will go into the ghost realm. He will be hanging around for many, many days, many, many years. That's why we we we. That's why quote unquote we call those ghosts. You don't want the person who passed away to be in the ghost realm. You want him to go to a happy place, to go into the next journey. This journey is ended. But before you end your journey, before I end my journey, we want to make sure that the next journey is going to be a better one than this. Hopefully, there's no more next journey. You go into an enlightenment where there's no more suffering for you. That's what the Buddha's teaching is all about. Have you got time to study it? Do you care about it? It's about your own destiny, about your own living, about your own future. Or you just you, you just worry about. Fame, reputation, money, family, business—or you don't really care about your spiritual world. Do you do you derive any happiness by having a lot of money, by having a lot of fame and reputation? Or every day you're going to do about the same thing, the same chores, going to work, eating your breakfast, eating your lunch, and you you will pass on for another thirty years, forty years, fifty years, and when you look back, what have I done? You have been, we have been keeping this body in shape, and that seems to be our sole responsibility. But the Buddha said, "No, there's more to life. Explore the spirituality of life. Don't go into reincarnation anymore. Don't go into suffering anymore. Don't go into the next round of karmic reincarnation. You've got to study all that." So this is that question. I'll, I'll end at this point. Thank you for another inspiring talk. We are happy to be back practicing our mindful mindfulness. If you have time, please tell us of your trip to Hong Kong. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, just to keep it brief, uh, we open um, a lecture hall in Hong Kong uh, on request of a lot of uh, audience who listen to my lecture in Hong Kong. Um, every every time when I went to Hong Kong to give lectures, with more than a thousand audience at universities, polytech universities, and on request, so we've been planning to set up a lecture hall in Hong Kong. And now we, after a lot of work, 
by people in Hong Kong and myself traveling back and forth, we'll, we finally opened a lecture hall in Hong Kong. We call it the, in the Chinese language, it's Vinaya, Samadhi, and Prachna lecture hall. Those are the three pillars of the Buddhist teaching. And then uh, it's set up very nicely. We have a lot of good comments from people. And next time, if you go to Hong Kong, you can pay a visit to it, to the lecture hall. Um, I gave a talk on uh, introduction to the Vinayas. Um, and the hall can accommodate about 350 people. And it's all full house for the three days. We have 450 people. And after the talk, we have about 150 people uh, line up for uh, the free refuges and taking the five precepts. Fifty or sixty of them taking the five precepts. They said they would require me to go to Hong Kong more often, and I think I promised them maybe every, every three months. So that means I stay for three months in here and I go for, for one month to Hong Kong. So three, three, twelve, twelve months. So twelve months, I'll be three months in Hong Kong, approximately. Uh, because in Hong Kong, when I give a talk, it's in Cantonese, and that's my mother tongue. And I'm much better in my mother tongue than in, in, in the English language. It's my second language. But I'm getting better, thanks to you. You're my teachers. You know why you are my teachers? Because I have to talk in English, and I force myself to learn it that way. And every time when I, when, when I talk to you, I always have that learning attitude that I want to be better. So um, I didn't talk like this before. I had a lot of hesitations and, and my choice of words is not that good. But now I'm improving, thanks to you. So you said you thank me very much. I thank you very much. Okay. Next. Why men are lesser than women? <laughs> well, it's true. In here, the phenomena is men, the more women here than men. And that's the prediction of the Buddha. The Buddha said 2,600 years ago, the Buddha said around this time, he said around this time, that's the Buddha's ending period. In other words, Buddhism is going to disintegrate and finally it would come to an end. You know, everything in this world is arising, maintaining, this, and decreasing, diminishing, and disappearing. There's no exception. Everything. Everything is changing. There's nothing that is not changing. That is the philosophy of changeability, of impermanence. Nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. My body, your body is not permanent. Don't attach to the permanency of things. That's, that attachment would induce a lot of mental afflictions to you. You think you can hold on to something permanently. You cannot. In many cases, not even your husband or your wife. That's why we call them divorces. But of course, you try to maintain that good relationship. As I said, everybody's liability is different. If he or she is coming to repay you, the relationship is going to be long. And if he or she is coming to get you, the relationship is going to be short. So. Why the, the, just the Buddha said, when in the ending stage, there will be more women than men. But I don't know the, the world's population, according to statistics, is 
male population less than female? I don't know. Maybe Lee can educate me on that. Or you, you have to check Google. A few more men. Pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> then I'm surprised because men are sent to wars as soldiers. So we have two world wars. That means the probability of having more women than men should be higher. Because in wars, they don't send women to the front. They send men to the front. And they got killed. So we, have, we experienced two wars. That means that means the two wars wipe out a lot of male population. But then, on second thought, in China, they prefer male. And in ancient times, not just ancient times, just about maybe 50, 60 years ago, when they gave birth to a baby girl, they may end the baby girl's life. Or they may have somebody else adopt them. The farm is one man. So they don't like baby baby girls, so they may have wiped out a certain percentage of female population. But then the wars have also wiped out the male population. So there could be a balance now, I don't know. So that's it for, for these four questions, and we'll continue next time on the nine stages of training the Samadhi.